Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Apostolic Characteristics. Today, I'll have a guest, Brother Derek Stewart. How are you doing today, brother? Doing good, bro. Doing good. Glad to be here. How's it going for you? Going good. Going good. I'm uh, glad you uh, took the time to come and do this. It's oh, an yeah, honor definitely. to have you. It's an honor to have you. Uh, yes. So before we start, normally what I do is uh, we kick this thing off in prayer. Uh, so if you want, uh, you can feel led to lead this thing in prayer. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Thank you, yes, Lord sir. God, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. We ask that you will be glorified, that you'll be magnified, and that you will use this conversation, Lord God, to impact us. Let us minister to one another. And to anyone who will listen, Lord, have your way today. We just want you to be known and glorified. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. We worship and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Well, uh, just to hop right in, um, I want to ask you, how did you know you were called to, to the field of ministry? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great question. Um you know, I, I think a, a lot of different things. So, um, you know, first and foremost, um, I can't really limit it to one experience just because there's so many times, um, you know, I feel like a calling from God comes from relationship with God. And right. um, I believe that, you know, throughout my relationship with God, he's shown me many different things that was nudging me and telling me, hey, this is what I have. This is what I want. I mean, you know, things came through people, things came through dreams, things came likely through just reading the word, listening to worship mm -hmm. music, praying, different moments like that, um, that led to me knowing, hey, that there, there's a call, you know, speaking to my, my mentor, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling and him bringing some clarity to that. Um, it was like speaking, like Eli going to, to Sammy or Sammy going to Eli said, hey, I, I heard something. He said, that's the voice yeah. of God. But I remember in particular um, when we were transitioning from student ministry to evangelizing, we were feeling something different and we hadn't talked to our pastor yet. And God had um, he gave me a dream. And in this dream, um, we were at this conference and there was a, an evangelist there um, and we began to talk and he he adjusted my tie. He put his hand on my tie and he made an adjustment to my tie. Um, here at this conference. And about six months later, I was at a conference, attending a conference, and um, I found myself in the altar area talking to this same evangelist, and he was telling me an adjustment that I was going to have to make so that we can evangelize. And um, at that same conference, someone was praying for me, and they, say, Lord, they said, Lord, so that he can evangelize. And it's just was things like that where you just can't deny Hey, God is talking, God is speaking, God is moving. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that God is always speaking. We just have to listen. Even in the hard season or seasons we think that he's not yeah. there, he's always speaking. We just have to listen. So I think for myself, it's just been relationship with God. And as long as I listen, I'm going to always know that he's speaking and calling me to the next place. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, there's no denying that that. That the, that's not God. You can't deny that. You know, <laughs> right. You can't deny 100%. that. 
Man. Yeah, hundred percent. My my dad told me years ago. He said, "If you just keep holding on to God's hand, you're always going to be all right." And and that's yeah. so powerful to me because it just tells me if you, Derek, if you just stay close to God, if you just stay close, you're going to have everything you need. And so I, you know, I think that that's a great motto that he shared. You know, just for all of our lives, let's just stay close to God, and we'll have what we need. Yeah, scripture you know. says. Uh... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things yeah. will be added unto you. That's good. That's good. That's yes, sir. Wow. wow. And uh so what what were you gonna say? Yeah, it's I was gonna say that that's so powerful. The verse you just shared, that's so powerful. And you know, even Peter, you know, I think about Peter, you know, the disciples were on the boat yeah. and you know, they said it's a ghost, it's a ghost. They were afraid, but Jesus said, Be of good cheer, it's me. And Peter says, So Lord. He said, if it's you, call me to come to you on the water. And Jesus told him to come. And so Peter walked on the water. And we know the story that, you know, he, he began to sink, but Jesus rescued him. But the story, it, it, the powerful part is that he literally walked on the water. He did a miracle. He operated in power. But the fact of the matter is that Peter never said, Jesus, let me walk on the water alone. Jesus, let me operate in power or a miracle. But he said, Jesus called me to come to you on the water. And so it's like he was saying, Jesus called me to be close to you, called me to be near you. Jesus called me to have relationship with you. And while he walked in relationship with God, he did a miracle. While he walked in relationship with God, he operated in power. And so he never tried to seek out the ministry in that moment. He seeked out Jesus. And when he seeked out Jesus, he walked on the water and that ministered to the disciples in the boat. Because when Jesus got back, the Bible in the boat, Peter and Jesus, the Bible says that everybody worshiped. So what Peter did ministered to the people around him simply yeah. when he pursued relationship with God, with Jesus wow. Christ. Wow. That's wow. Uh, do you know who uh, Josh Herring is? Yes, for sure. I was, I was, uh, I was listening to one of the sermons. I forgot what it was called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he said that when Jesus told Peter to walk in water, that in the uh, in the in the original language it was actually to everyone, but Peter was the wow. only one who stepped out in faith. Wow! And he said that when he sunk, well, when he was walking, that he also walked back to the boat on water too. So he walked twice on water. Wow! And I that is that so and powerful. I was, like, I was like, man, I never heard that before. But that that's yeah. me. You know how many times in our lives do. We cater mm -hmm. to, to normality because people around us aren't, you know, being the person that God called them to be. So we just sit back uh, and oh, we're going to be cool. We're, you know, we're going to be cool, calm, and collected. But really, yeah. sometimes God's, God's not looking for cool, calm, collected. He's looking for people that are going to be crazy for him and, and be wow. abnormal for him, you know. And that, that, that just spoke yeah. to me when I heard that. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. That that's my first time hearing that like that as well. Um, and when you were sharing it just now, it made me think of something else because you you said that Brother Herring said that in the original language, God Jesus was speaking to everybody, but only Peter came out. And it's so powerful because Peter was the one that said, Jesus, you know, if it's you, call call me to come to you on the water. But Jesus responding to everyone, uh, yeah. hey, come on the water. And so it's powerful because it shows that there's no limitations on God. 
because right. sometimes we'll be in a church service and one person will get a prophecy or there will be a word and it may seem like it's for this person or that person, but God's not limited to one thing. If God is prophet speaking it to somebody, hey, God's likely saying it to them so that I can hear it too. And so if it applies to me, if it resonates with my spirit, then I can walk in that, I can receive it, I, I can rejoice because God is speaking to his church and his church is made up of more than one person, more than one individual right. local assembly. Yes. <clears throat> that's uh that's so good. That's so good. Um how when you when you found out that you were called to the field um mm-hmm. of evangelism or or just, you know, being who God called you to be, how how did you find a place to start? Like how where did you start and how did you start? Yeah, for sure. So when when we and when I say we, I mean my wife and I. When we begin to, because we you know we we try our best to do ministry together. Um, when we were student pastors, we we tried our best to do it together. Evangelizing, we try our best to do it together. We try to do life together. So when I say we, you hear me saying we. I'm talking about me and my wife. So when we yeah. you know felt that call and we talked to our pastor, and he said he said hey I I I think you're in the will of God. You know I believe you're in the will of God. And he shared with us, he said, you know, when I was wanting to evangelize, when I felt the call to evangelize, my leader, my pastoral leader told me, he told me to send out letters to to people that I knew, the pastors that I knew. And when he came back and asked me, he said, hey, have you sent out the letter? And he said, I was like, no. (laughs) He was like, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make people feel that I was marketing myself is what he was saying. But he said his pastoral leader responded to him and his pastoral leader said, how are they going to know if you don't tell them? And so when my pastor recommended to me, he said, hey, you should reach out to people. He said, you need to send out some letters and send out, and I'll help you with it. I'll write your letter of recommendation. Um, he said, you need to send out some some emails, make some phone calls. And so I've learned in my life that when I submit to my spiritual leadership, God blesses it. Right. And so... I said, okay, <laughs> you know, and he, yeah. he walked me through the process and we did that and we made some connections and got to connect with people that we had, we never met before. And um, from there, you know, God continued to open doors and make connections and he's continuing to, it's a continual process. He continued to make connections, but yeah. on the practical and most physical level, we simply let people know, Hey, this is who my pastor is. This is where I go to church. We feel called to transition into this ministry. Hey, if there's a need for a guest speaker, please feel free to reach out. If you feel the connection in the spirit, feel free to reach out. And if you don't, that's okay. You know, it, it was if you feel connected in the spirit, it's what it, it's what it was. And so we just wanted to go where God wanted us to go. And that, on the practical level, is how we begin to travel. Um, and it's it's very interesting the way God works because God confirms His word. And I remember we talked to our pastor. And we had not sent out any letters yet. We had not did any of those things yet. And then somebody reached out and said, hey, can you come preach our anniversary service? And so, you know, God would just confirm his word. When you're obedient unto God, he will begin to move to show you that he blesses obedience. He told the Israelites, if you obey me, I'll bless it. And he began to, to list things and talk. And he showed, if you're disobedient, this will happen. But if you are obedient, I will bless that. Right. Wow. 
Uh, this is not on the on the questions, but you talked about you know being submitted and listening to your pastor, and I just want to uh, ask a simple question to the people that may be listening. Why, like, mm-hmm. why is it so important to submit to your pastor, and you know why is it such a big role in anyone's life to be submitted to the men of God in your life? <clears throat> yeah, that that's a, a beautiful question, very um, important question. I remember as a kid, um, as as a teenager, you know, my dad and I, I was starting to get to a point that, you know, in high school where I was, I would defend myself to my dad, right? I would defend myself to him. If I feel I didn't do something wrong, I was going to tell him, I was going to let him know. And um, I remember that I felt like God revealed to me that he was helping me with my dad. He was literally teaching me and maybe even imparting some things, some wisdom to me through my dad. And I began to listen to my dad and submit to him. And I remember he would give me instruction and direction to do something. And I didn't always agree that it was the perfect way to do it, but I would do it anyways. And some kind of way, God would bless it. And God began to teach me, if you just follow your spiritual leadership, I will bless it. Even if you think it's not 100% the best way to do it. And so that translates to my pastor hey, my spiritual father, if you submit and do what your pastor is telling you to do, I will bless that. You know, your pastor not telling you to do stuff that's against God or against the word of God. But when your leader is telling you things that's in line with the Holy Spirit, it's in line with the word, you really have no reason to oppose it. No, the Bible, you're going to submit and follow your pastor. You may not agree with it, but it's biblical, it's spiritual. And if you do that, God will honor that. It's your spiritual covering. Samuel anointed Saul to be the king of Israel. God said, hey, I want you to anoint Saul. And Samuel was anointed, Saul was anointed. But then God said, hey, when you guys go against the Amalekites, we want you to destroy everything, leave nothing. So when Saul and the people went to defeat the Amalekites, the people wanted to hold some of the possessions. Yeah. And they wanted to do it unto worship. Like, so Samuel went to Saul and he said, hey, why were you disobedient unto God? And Samuel said, I wasn't, or Saul said, I wasn't disobedient. He said that I was afraid of the people. But the reason that they didn't destroy everything was because they wanted to offer it unto worship unto God. Wait, but God said not to keep anything, to destroy everything. But they wanted to sacrifice unto God. And he did what they felt was good in their flesh, what they felt was good in their own right. And so when it comes to listening to our pastors and submitting to our spiritual leadership, and, and with that story, God took his hand off of Saul, his, his calling. He's, he said, you're not going to be the king anymore. And he sought, he sought out David. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact of the matter is that they did what they thought was right in their own right and in their own flesh. And when we submit to our pastor, we're saying, God, I'm not going to do what I think is right in my own flesh. I'm not going to do what I think is right in my own mentality, but I'll do what you're telling me because I know it's spiritual for me to submit to my pastor. It sounds like a practical thing, but it's so spiritual. And if you submit to your leader, God will honor it. That's what that's what Samuel did. The prophet, he submitted to Eli. He said, hey, I I think somebody is calling me. And Eli said, nope, nobody's calling you. Go back to bed. And that happened three times. And then on the fourth time, he said, hey, I think somebody's calling me. I know you told me nobody's calling me, but I think somebody's calling me. 
and he said, look, it must be God. And he told him how to interact with God and God spoke to him. And the Bible says that none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. One translation says that his words were reliable and Samuel grew to be a mighty prophet in God. Why? Because he submitted to his leader. He submitted to his pastor. God will always honor when you submit to your leadership. Yes. Uh, I don't exactly remember who said this. It might have been my pastor. Uh, he said, if you're not submitted mm-hmm. to your pastor, then you're not submitted to God. And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because how can you yes. say you're submitted to God if you're not submitted to the man that God gave you? So you know? good. That's but, good. Uh, uh, that is that, so that, good. How How can you submit to the man of God if you're not right. submitted to the God of the man? Huh? Right. And right. vice versa. Right. Right. Yeah, man. Um, what are things that helped you in your walk with God to be a spirit-led minister? Like, what are some of the things that you did and didn't do? Uh, like, like where you didn't go and where you did go, just just things of that nature. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think it all comes back down. Um, you'll probably hear me say it a couple of times. I know I said it already, but to relationship with God. Yeah. But I believe it all comes down to the voice of God. And so being spirit led, you know, God had to first teach me how to listen to his voice. Yeah. But then he had to teach me how to be secure and confident in his voice. Because when God speaks to you, it won't always be the same thing that he spoke to somebody else. And so when God instructs you to do something to be spirit led, if it doesn't look like what they're doing or what he or she is doing or not doing, you have to be secure enough to know God spoke this to me. God told me this. Paul said, Jesus Christ revealed this to me himself. And so for me, being spirit led has been knowing the voice of God for myself. Yeah. Knowing yeah. the voice of God and not comparing it to how God speaks to other people, or what he said right. to other people. Right. And so Samuel, you know, if Samuel grew up to be a mighty prophet, it's because he had to know the voice of God for himself. And he learned that by submitting to his pastor, to Eli, but he could not compare it to when other people said what God told them. And so I believe being spirit led, whether it's preaching or teaching, whether it's in the pulpit, whether it's talking to a friend, whether it's this conversation, this podcast, whether no matter what environment it is to a friend, to a spouse, being spirit led, I believe equates to hearing the voice of God. Yes, and yeah. God had to walk me through a season where he would tell me something and I had to learn to follow it and not be intimidated or insecure if other things or other people or other situations spoke opposite of that because he wanted me to know this is my voice. So spirit led will come preaching a message that maybe some someone else might not be preaching, but God said, preach it. It right. may be going to a place that God said to go to. It may be saying no to something that God said to say no to. And it may be being in an environment or being invited somewhere. And your yes or your no is dependent upon what God said. And so I believe God is always speaking. We just have to listen. So God will speak to me, bro, through a billboard. God will speak to me through reading scripture. God will speak through, through me through a worship song. There's been times where someone was talking and they said something yeah. that 
God used to speak to me and they didn't even know. They were not even talking about spiritual things. They were just talking about just a job or whatever it was, but it spoke to me because God is always speaking. We just have to listen. Right. And so right. spirit led for, for me, it has to be following the voice of God. And I'll just share this, this one example. I remember when I was, I was working at a hospital and it was a great job, um, great organization. And I remember that I think it was the number one uh, Lord's employer here in Louisiana. And I remember in that season was when I felt like God was calling us to another stage in ministry. Mm. And I remember that I, I, in my mind, I just unconsciously knew that, look, I'm not, this is the job I'm going to have until I'm in full-time ministry without a full-time job. Because you can be in full-time ministry with a job or full-time ministry without a job, yeah. right? And so I felt like he was telling me, hey, you're going to be here until this happens. That's just what I thought. But mm -hmm. I remember someone reached out to me about a different job, and it was a remote job. Um, and I could have not entertained it because I felt like I knew what the next plan was. But I began to to pray about it. I, I talked to, to my wife about it. Um, and you know, we felt like it was the will of God for us to pursue this opportunity. And we ended up pursuing this opportunity and we ended up getting this job. But this is the thing where I was at logically in the flesh to people. It made sense to stay where you're at. You're working for the largest employer. It, it's a great name. You have great benefits. It, it's this, it's that. There's, it's, there's, there's, you have good, a good boss, you know, your coworkers, all these things. Mm -hmm. But spiritually, I felt like God was saying, you need to transition. This yeah. is my opportunity for you. And I'll tell you, bro, that opportunity created for us to be able to, to travel to different places for the work of God and to be able to do what God was calling us to do. And God created more in ministry after that than we had before that. Uh -huh. And so you can't base your life upon what's logical or what's physical right. or what people say. It. it has to be based upon the spirit. And the spirit will all, and your pastor will always be in line with one another. Right. And if you follow the spirit, the voice of God, that's being spirit led. Yes, yes. That's that's so true. That's so true. Um, and the uh, next question: uh, When yep. did you realize that your calling goes beyond the pulpit? Like, when did you realize that? ministry is more than just a pulpit yeah for sure for sure you know i i think you know we we hear it a lot you know we know that there's so much beyond the pulpit you know if you look at a pastor for example my my bishop used to say um he used to say you know hey preaching is just 10 percent of of your ministry you know as a pastor he would preach obviously sundays and wednesdays but there was so much more he would do beyond the pulpit, counseling and, you know, planning things and leading a team and having team meetings and all of these things. But I think for me personally, it happened. Um, you know, you always know it, you know, as a youth pastor, I, I knew it. You know, it was having one on one conversation with our students and outside of church. But I think I really learned it on another level when we begin to transition into evangelism. And I remember having a moment where it was going to be our first service 
preaching after we talked to our pastor about transitioning to the evangelistic field. And I remember, I think it was the day before that service, it was a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. And we had went to the store. And I remember before I went into the store or after I went into the store, I saw a man um, sitting on the side of, of, the, of the store. It looked like, you know, he may be homeless and things like that. And I don't know, bro, something went through me. I, I, I'm from Louisiana, but I, I grew up in, in, in California for high school and junior high. And I mean, we saw people that were homeless all the time. It wasn't an abnormal thing. But this moment when I saw this man, something was ignited inside of me, bro. It, it, I, I was emotional. It brought tears to me when I was talking about it, um, I believe, with my wife later that day. But something went through me, and I told God, I said, Lord, I said, I don't want to just be a preacher in the pulpit. Right. What I was saying was, I don't want to just be an evangelist in the pulpit. I don't want to just be a minister in the pulpit. But I, I, I want this to be beyond the pulpit. And so, you know, I went and I talked to the guy. We, we talked about God. I, I brought him some stuff from the grocery store. And I, and I just was there to be a vessel of ministry to him beyond the pulpit. But that moment ignited something in me to where it affected my what I prayed by saying, God, I want this to be beyond the pulpit. And so I remember when we were transitioning to evangelism, you know, a lot of people say, how do you get started evangelizing? Like it's it's like, how do you do that? Because you have to have a place to minister. You know, you feel like God's calling you to preach and you can preach anywhere. Yes, you can preach in the streets. Yes, you can preach to your family. You can preach online. But you feel as though God is calling you to minister in a service setting. So how do you get started in that? And so I share with you how my pastor said, hey, you know, send out letters, do, you know, make calls, emails, do this. And I submitted to my pastor and did that. And even in those moments, we didn't see everything we felt God was calling us to yet at that moment. At that moment, we were being obedient, but we hadn't yet seen everything God said yet. But it was coming. But at that moment, we had not seen it yet. Because when you're transitioning, God will use things to grow you. And so in those moments, uh, we begin to wait while working and making the connections God called us to make. And I got to a point where I said, Lord, if I never evangelize in the pulpit on the platform, that's fine. And, you know, when you're transitioning, you know, you're going to say things that God will put in your spirit. You'll say things that you mean and other things you'll be talking unto God. And later on, they will become more real to you. Yeah. And so I said, God, you know, if I never evangelize in a pulpit, that's fine. And so God kept walking me through a season and he would open doors and he would make connections. But I knew that there was so much more that he promised to me. And he said it. And I remember in a prayer meeting walking and God began to talk to me and God said, look, are you doing it for power or are you doing it for relationship? Mm. And what God was asking me was, look, are you doing it? so that the promise can be fulfilled, so that the miracle can be fulfilled, so that the prophecy can be fulfilled, or are you doing it to have relationship with me? See, I was praying, bro. I was fasting. I was being obedient to my pastor, but God was saying, are you doing it so I can fulfill my calling? I called you to it, but are you doing it for that, or are you doing it to be with me? Like when Peter said, Lord, call me to come to you on the water. Yes. And bro, that question made me want to say, God, I'm doing it for you. It made me want to say, God, it's all about you. 
and that sheds off that desire to only get into what God's calling you to, to only prophesy. Right now, I can say, God, I don't care if the prophecy is fulfilled or not. I want to be in your presence. That's what's been in my spirit so recently so much. And it's so powerful, bro, because he taught us in that season, that year, he taught us, listen, your ministry is not based upon me fulfilling your purpose. There's so many other avenues that you can minister in. And I realized, bro, that, hey, I can minister in other ways and still be content with God if I never made it to the pulpit. He was calling me to the pulpit, but it was never about what he can do for me. It was always about him. And, you know, it's so powerful because the disciples, bro, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, we could not cast this demon out of this person. We couldn't deliver him. We couldn't operate in this kind of miracle and this kind of power. We couldn't operate in this. You know, Jesus coming to the earth was to deliver people. So in a sense, it was prophecy for this person to be delivered because Jesus came for freedom. But they say, look, Jesus, we couldn't, it, it wouldn't work. And Jesus said, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. It only happens if you pray and fast. But some other people said, Jesus, why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus said, I'm here with them. There's going to be a day where they will have to fast, but right now I'm with them. And what I believe Jesus was saying was, look, that kind of miracle and that kind of power, it's going to come. But right now, they have relationship with me first. And I felt like God was saying relationship first and then power. Relationship first and then the prophecy will be fulfilled. And so in that season, I learned if you have relationship with God first, everything else will come. If you can have a ministry outside of the pulpit, that'll come later. But God wants you to be content with relationship with him. And he wants you to be content having a ministry outside of the pulpit. And that's your relationship with God. That will minister to people. That'll minister to your coworkers. That'll minister to your family. And that goes further than a pulpit can go. Man. Yeah, that's that's so good. Like one of the things uh, in my life, you know, before I really ever uh, stepped out into my calling was uh, yeah. my my senior year in school was was really the year when I decided to try and step out and uh, and, and be who, who God really called me to be. Yes, sir. And, yes, uh, sir. you know, I, I, I wore no pants every day and, and now it was mm-hmm. my conviction to, to wear long sleeves. So I wore long sleeves. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I carried I carried my Bible with me, you know, all the time, everywhere I went. I carried it with me at my school, everywhere, you know. And yeah, <clears throat> that's when you know I really started getting questions. I really started talking to people a little bit about oh. it because, because you know, before that in my life, I I would tell people uh, if they if they ask, oh, what do you believe or where are you, and I'll tell them what I believe, but my actions would be so far from what I believe. Yeah. And uh, and my senior year, you know, when I go to school and. You know, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't fall my senior year because yeah. you know, we all fall short the glory. And, yes, sir. Uh, and so, and in school, while it looked like I was, you know, doing good and you know being the man of God that I believe God was trying to trying to make mold me into, you know, the yeah. private battles is what I was losing. And uh, before wow. I ever stepped into uh, my ministry. Um, mm-hmm. 
I had to win the private battles. Wow. And, uh, you know, after, wow. uh, after senior camp last year, it's, that's when, you know, my ministry really started taking flight because, um, you yes, know, I, I went there for a purpose, you know, I went there because, yeah. you know, at first, at first I thought, oh, Victor Jackson's preaching, heck yeah, you know, I'm going to go, you know, yeah. I love Victor Jackson. <laughs> yes, then, sir, yes, uh, sir. You know, when I got there, I really just started pursuing more because, wow. you know, you know, once you get to a place of you're tired of being a failure, you know, it's it's a, it's yeah. a motive. You know, like I want to be really a man of God. I really want to be this. You know? I'm tired of just, of course. like, I was tired of knowing that I was called and not mm-hmm. being able to do it because I couldn't win the private battles in my life. Wow. Wow. Yes, sir. And yes, uh, sir. after after senior camp, you know, I went on vacation. I went to Bastrop in uh, mm-hmm. West Monroe and then... Mm-hmm. We went on vacation with my dad and my brother, and and that's that was really when I started, you know, with my dad, and I never really, you know, gave much of my belief to them, but yeah, I, I had my Bible with me. I I only wore I only wore pants. I only wore long sleeve shirts. Um, yeah. Or when we went to the beach like that, so I wore short sleeves, but I always wore pants to the beach, no matter. They made me wear it one time, shorts. I didn't really want to. So I bought yeah. shorts that went past my knees because you know, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to wear shorts. But, you know, yes, sir. I, after that, I got home from church. I got home from vacation with my dad. Church Sunday morning, my pastor pulled me in the back. He said, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. And uh, he was like, you ready to preach Wednesday? And I was like, what? Ready to preach? And I was like, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I used to ask him, like, oh, can I preach? Can I preach? Can I preach? And then I just stepped away yeah. from it. And, you know, and he pulled me aside and, and I was like, you know, I am going to do this because, you know, it must be time. My pastor came to me, so it must be time. And yeah. um, I said, all, I said all that to say this, that when when we win the private battles, mm-hmm. um, God really does begin to reveal things because I could not get behind the pulpit. Yeah. I could not begin to be used the way God wanted me to be used if I was living yeah. and sitting behind closed doors. Wow, and, wow. And so then that door got opened up for me in my life. And, and you know, yeah. uh, and then I, I realized, you know, that I don't want to just be a preacher. You know, yeah. if I never, like like you said, if I, if I never go preach again at my church, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's fine with me. You know, I have right. friends out there. I have family out there that right, need to know right. the gospel, you know. I, I, yes, I'll rather, I'll be honest, I'd rather go and teach people that are lost than preach to a whole group of people yeah. that are all saved. And that's, wow, that's, that's wow. just me because they know, but how much more could you do preaching salvation to people that don't know a clue about it? Wow. So, wow. That's just, yes, sir. so that's just, you know, one thing that I realized, you know, that's how I realized that yeah. it was beyond the pulpit. When I started, yeah. you know, being a light for my family, for my school, even though yeah. I was not doing the best I could, but with my family, I started being a yeah. light and those doors began to open. And wow. so just, just wanted to, you know, share that. Yeah. No, thank, thank you for sharing it, bro. That is so powerful. And, you know, I'll just take this moment just to say, man, you're doing such a great job, such an awesome job. Um, just what you're doing, bro. Yes, with the podcast, but even beyond the podcast for being who you are. And it's so powerful because you basically shared that, hey, I care more about relationship with God than, than anything. Because you, you said, hey, you know, I, I had the private battles. But you said, 
I had to take authority over the private battles. I had to get victory over that. And you could have walked through those open doors and said, man, this is great. You know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm pleasing people. I have private battles. But you said, look, I want to please God. I want to please God above people or be, be above what I can walk into for me or for my name. And so it just showed that you were like, hey, relationship with God first. And that's going to benefit my ministry. That'll benefit my family. That'll benefit my friends, my life, my home. So just thank you for being so committed to relationship with God. And bro, again, you are doing such a great, such a wonderful job on the podcast, on your ministry outside of the, the podcast, but also just in your relationship with God, bro. Definitely honor that. I, uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, while, while you're talking, I kind of just, I kind of just put a nudge in the, in the spirit. So before, yeah. before I move on, I just want to just, you know, speak on that relationship. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know who's going to be listening to this. I'm, it might just be for me. I don't really know, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, in order to, to really win the secret battles, in order to, to be someone for God, in order really to be that, you have to have relationship. Mm. You can't just go out and expect to change the world. If you don't know, you, you can't go preach people about God if you don't even know who God is for yourself. Yeah. So wow. to win the, the battles, to, to, to win the, the things that are in your life, to, to have a new testimony... You really just have to give a close relationship with God and, and say, God, draw all I want and really begin to live that. And once you start to live that, things change when you really live that. Things change when you really give your life fully committed to God. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm living proof yeah. of that. So, you know, wh- whoever is going to be listening to this, I just want to encourage you and just say, you know, before you worry about being that preacher, that evangelist, before you worry about being that, be God's yeah. man, be God's woman, be mm. who God called you to be before anything else and give wow. your life to God and, and you can watch things really change and, and watch God really break chains and shackles and move mountains out of your way and uh, just wow. you know, just really give your life to God and, and things happen when you do that. Wow. Man, bro, that is so powerful but it's also so beautiful you know you made such a powerful statement you said you said hey to whoever's listening you know you can't overcome the private battles in your life if you don't have a relationship with God and that's so powerful because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden the Bible says that you know they basically can hear God walking in the garden but the Bible says that they hid they they hid themselves after they made a mistake in their weakness, they hid themselves. And God said, Adam, where are you? Now we know God is all knowing. God knew where Adam was, but God said, Adam, where are you? And I believe God said that because he wanted Adam to know where Adam was. And so God did not say, Adam, in your weakness, you need more of me right now. You need more of my presence right now. But he did say, Adam, in your weakness, where are you? Adam, in your weakness, tell me where you are. Adam, in your weakness, communicate with me about what you're feeling right now. And I believe God was making a powerful example saying, look, in your private mistakes, talk to me. In your private mistakes, tell me where you are. And to your point, you can't overcome the private battles without having a relationship with God. Adam, you made a mistake. 
talk to me tell me where tell me where you're hurting tell me what the problem is and so to anybody communicate with god and just tell god where you are sometimes we think our prayers have to be perfect and every prayer is going to be oh god i believe you i have faith but some prayers has to be honest and raw prayer saying god this is what i'm dealing with god this is what i'm struggling with you know moses he killed the egyptian with the strength of his hand. And the Bible says that he thought that God would reveal to the Israelites that he was going to deliver them by his hand. And so God calls Moses and says, look, I, I want to use you to deliver the people of Israel from slavery. Moses was a shepherd. The King James Version says that he had a rod and the rod was used to discipline the sheep and to protect the sheep. The rod was his strength. But God said, Moses, I want you to use your mouth. And so they're at the rock. And God says, look, Moses, take up your rod, take up your strength, but I want you to speak to the rock in your weakness yeah. and water is going to come out. And Moses went to the rock and water began to come out of that rock. The first time he spoke to the rock, water came out. The second time he hit the rock with his rod, with his strength and water came out. But God said, you were disobedient. Yep. You didn't operate in your weakness. You operated in your strength. Yeah. So you won't yeah. enter into the promised land. And the way we operate in our weakness will determine if we access the promise. And so wherever God has called you to whoever wants listening, whatever God has promised you, the way you operate or navigate in your weakness will determine if you have access to that promise. So be honest with God. Be thorough. Acknowledge your weakness before God. Say, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. And there's going to be a water that flows from that. There's going to be new yeah. life that comes from that. There's going to be refreshing that comes from that. You'll enter into the promised land simply because you acknowledge your weakness before God. Yeah. Yes. That's that's so good. Uh, final question uh, before, you know, we try to wrap this thing up. Yeah. Uh, what do you think are some ways that people can go out and evangelize you know what do you think are some things that people should do to go out and just be bold and and be godlike in front of the people of this world yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. well i think a lot of times you know when we think um of evangelism you know outside the pulpit when we think about that we immediately think about laying hands on somebody and praying them through to the holy ghost in the grocery store we immediately think about you know, witnessing to somebody and they say, hey, I want to be baptized right now. And they go to the church and get baptized today. But I think that a lot of times we can overlook the relationships that God has already given us. And we have coworkers and we have friends and we have neighbors and we have family that God has placed in our lives as opportunity to reach. And the fact of the matter is that before we ever evangelize to somebody, Many times God has given us opportunities to disciple them before they ever receive the Holy Ghost. And so if you take the time to love people, to be kind to your neighbor, to greet people at the grocery store, to represent God as best as you can, that would open doors so that you can evangelize. So be bold in your love. And if you be bold in your love, you'll be bold in the power when God says, okay, lay hands on them, when yeah. God says, lay hands on the sick, when God says, pray them due to the Holy Ghost, when God says, look, they need to be baptized right now, you can be bold in power 
once we learn to be bold in love, God will open those doors when it's his perfect will at the right time. Yes, yes. Amen, amen. And uh, just to, to wrap it up, anything, yeah. if you want to add anything before we end this thing, you can feel free to, to add it, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say, man, definitely enjoyed speaking to you. It's, it's been a great um, time in the spirit. But also, just to anyone who may listen, if you feel called to a ministry, if you feel called to do something for God, whether it's preaching or teaching or outside of preaching and teaching, because there's ministries outside of that as well, just dwell in relationship with God. You know, a lot of times we're so excited to get to the next season or ready to get to the next step. But sometimes God is looking for somebody to remain and just to stay where he has called them to. The essence of God was to stay. God, God's a spirit. He's he's in heaven. He's he's all over. But he said, I want to create Jesus so I can stay and dwell with my people. And so sometimes we just have to dwell in our season with God and not be so quick to get to the next level. But when we dwell with God, he will make ways for us to get to the next place. So to anybody and everybody, just have relationship with God and just learn to dwell with God where you are. And God will give you direction for the next steps. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, thank you, everyone who's going to be tuning in and listening. I want to thank you, Brother Derek, for uh, tuning in and uh, speaking to us today. It's been an honor. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm definitely sure. going to stay in contact with you. Yes, uh, yes. Maybe future things, you know, who knows. But uh, Yes, sir. I appreciate you. And uh, with, that, with that being said, uh, peace out. Yes, sir. Thank you, bro. Glad to be here. Love you so much. Love you.